Welcome to the Leadership Development Group's Health Ecosystem Leadership Podcast Series. We're excited to have you join us. My name is Tracy Duberman. I'm the founder and CEO of the Leadership Development Group. We are a global coaching and leadership development consultancy with an exclusive focus in the health industry. Over the years, we've had the distinct pleasure of working with some of the brightest talent in our industry, leaders who are clearly making a difference in the work they do to provide high quality care for those in need while designing approaches to enhance health and wellness. The purpose of this podcast series is to showcase how leadership is the essential ingredient to address the ever-growing issues and challenges facing the U.S. healthcare industry. As we know through our work, the great majority of these challenges are too complex and wide-ranging for any one sector to solve independently. This is where a health ecosystem leadership approach pays more than significant dividends. Solutions which emphasize how the various sectors of the health industry operate interdependently are the only ones with the potential to deliver on critical imperatives like affordability, access, and outcomes. During this podcast series, we will introduce you to some of the best and brightest health ecosystem leaders who will share practical examples of how they have successfully demonstrated a collaborative mindset, as well as the critical behaviors that lead to positive outcomes for their organizations, their patients, and the communities they serve. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you to Lauren Steingold, who is the head of strategy for Uber Health at Uber, driving the company's global efforts in the health space. Lauren spearheads the launch of Uber Health, Uber's HIPAA-compliant product that enables healthcare organizations to request or schedule rides on behalf of patients. For her work on this launch, Lauren was named on the San Francisco Business Times list of the most influential women in business in 2018. Prior to her role at Uber's San Francisco headquarters, Lauren helped launch Uber in Miami, Boston, and Rhode Island. Lauren led Uber's on-demand flu prevention campaign, where riders were able to receive a flu shot from a nurse in 2014, 15, and 16 nationwide. The initiative won an Immunization Excellence Award for Innovation at the National Influenza Immunization Summit in 2015. Before joining Uber in 2013, Lauren held roles at Allen and Gerritsen, an advertising agency in Boston, and the Institute for Healthcare Improvement in Cambridge. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm excited to be here. And we are excited to have you. So, Lauren, as you know, uh, our Helm podcasts focus on the intersection between different sectors uh, as they come together to enhance health and wellness. And we focus pretty heavily on the last few episodes on the space of uh, providers as well as pharmaceutical companies. What I'm excited about today is learning more about how other industries outside, outside of what we deem to be quote unquote healthcare are joining in this collaborative partnership model, um, all under the guise of helping to enhance health and wellness. And you're doing such an amazing job as it relates to patient access, which is a huge social determinant as it relates to uh, the value of population health. So, so excited to hear about what you're doing. I uh, had the good fortune of hearing you speak at the U.S. News uh, Healthcare of Tomorrow conference in Washington earlier this year. You were outstanding. Um, you are 
innovative and dynamic um, as a speaker and obviously your background professionally is incredible. And what I love about you is the fact that your background demonstrates how innovative thinking can really help to solve some of the most pressing issues that we face in terms of actually moving the needle on health and wellness in our country. So exciting, very, very exciting. Thank you so much. That that means a lot. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So um, let's talk a little bit about your story, which I find so interesting, the combination of your business savvy, um, your marketing and advertising expertise, and obviously your passion for the healthcare industry. So talk a little bit about how you came to Uber first, and then obviously as you're leading yeah. the Uber health movement. Sure. So uh, I myself joined Uber in 2013. So we were a, a small startup at the time. Uh, and I had some healthcare experience that you mentioned before joining. So I had done uh, internships at the Institute for Healthcare Improvement and Boston Children's Hospital. So I knew pretty early on in my time at Uber that we could make a huge difference in the lives of patients and the communities that we serve. Um, and I'm, I'm sure most of your listeners are, are well aware of the, the concept in healthcare called social determinants of health, uh, meaning that beyond someone's biology or genetics or even their uh, behavior, things like smoking or exercising, there are social factors that will determine the state of someone's health. Um, and so it was clear to me that access to reliable transportation is obviously an important social determinant of health because without it, they are entirely prevented from getting the care that they need. Um, and so I, I took it upon myself. I, I really, uh, I like to know the numbers and this is a very data-driven company. And so uh, when I dug in on the research, I learned that 3.6 million Americans miss a doctor's appointment every year in the United States because they don't have access to reliable transportation. Um, and what goes even beyond that is that those missed appointments uh, lead to significantly worsened patient outcomes, like uh, causing things like hospital readmissions or emergency room visits that otherwise would have been preventable. And those missed appointments cost the healthcare ecosystem $150 billion per year, um, with a B, right? So that, that number uh, really shocked me. Um, and it was clear to me that Uber has this really uh, interesting technology platform, Driver Network. And so I felt that we were uniquely positioned um, to do something in this space, either by bringing care to people or by bringing people to care. Um, and so you mentioned our flu shot campaign, and it was in 2014 where uh, I was introduced uh, to John Brownstein, who's a professor at Harvard Medical School, and he had seen Uber do things like on-demand kittens or on-demand ice cream where, you know, for one day you could press a button in the Uber app and an ice cream truck would come to you. Uh, and he said, hey, have you guys thought about doing flu shots? And for me, it was this, this light bulb moment of like, oh my God, this is exactly you know, where my brain had been going with this, which is like, we really could make a difference if we make care more accessible, either by bringing that care to someone or by bringing people to care. Uh, and so we launched our first on-demand uh, healthcare experience, or experiment rather, um, with our on-demand flu shots in 2014. Um, and since then, um, public health initiatives just like it have popped up in Uber markets all over the world. Um, we've done things like diabetes and thyroid testing on demand in India, um, I think adolescent vaccines in Brazil. Uh, and while these public health campaigns are incredibly important, uh, they were always like a, a single day initiative or a week long thing. Um, and it became clear to me that if 
if we wanted to have the greatest impact on patient lives in the shortest amount of time, um, we needed a programmatic effort that would leverage the UberX product, uh, you know, our, our uh, transportation for people, um, to give rides to the people who need the most patients. Um, and so I started to think about it a bit more and realized that the people that don't have that access to reliable transportation are the ones where, um, you know, they're that social determinant of health population um, are not your average Uber rider, right? They're not people who have a smartphone or maybe even a credit card to sign up for an Uber account. Um, and it really made sense that we needed to give the healthcare organization the ability to request or schedule a ride on behalf of their patients. Um, but if we wanted to do that, we really needed to handle patient uh, information properly. Um, as you know, patient information is arguably the most sensitive information uh, or data about a person. And so we felt it was very important for us to build a separate HIPAA compliant infrastructure um, that would enable us to protect that patient information in accordance with you know, federal regulations. Um, and so our dedicated team got to work and we built what is now called Uber Health. So it's a HIPAA compliant dashboard uh, and an API that will enable a healthcare organization to request or schedule a ride on behalf of patients. Uh, so that's that's what Uber Health is today. We launched it in March of 2018, uh, and my team is is solely focused on on scaling that nationwide. Excellent, excellent. I, I, so just for the edification of the listener, to to sure. differentiate between the public health campaign that started at Uber, mm -hmm. um, which were, as you said, kind of um, uh, sporadic uh, events that occurred mm -hmm. versus this new company called Uber Health, which is, as you mentioned, HIPAA compliant, and it is uh, a system that is generated by the provider to send the right out to the patient or consumer. Um, how I'm, I'm fascinated. So, what is the big? What would you say is the biggest difference in the programs? And are you still doing the sure. public health campaign? So, so the public health initiatives um, were essentially campaigns that we uh, do from time to time. Um, it's something that is not really an ongoing business unit or product. It's more of a, a pop-up initiative. Um, Uber Health, the product that we've launched. Um, is an ongoing sustainable product that uh, healthcare organizations are, are essentially our customer um, and they uh, can utilize the platform on an ongoing basis, 24 hours a day, uh, and it gives them that ability to tap into the Uber ride network um, so they can have, you know, hundreds of trips happening at the same time all from one dashboard uh, rather than needing to utilize the Uber app or, uh, you know, using existing or traditional modes of non-emergency medical transportation. Excellent, excellent. And um, in former podcasts that we've had and some of the research that we did leading up to our book, in speaking with health system executives, it, there's always this balancing act. Clearly, the mission encourages anything um, that relates to improving health and wellness. As mm -hmm. we know today, many of the activities around social determinants of health, access being one of them, are not reimbursed by insurance companies. So could you talk a little bit about the financial modeling of this? Who, who pays for it? And is that, a, is that a challenge or an opportunity for Uber Health? So the way that it works is that we send a monthly invoice to the healthcare organization that uses the, the product. So um, at the end of the month, they get an invoice that has a breakdown of all of the rides that were taken, 
who requested the ride, who the patient was, where they went, um, all of those details that you would normally get in a receipt. And then it's up to the healthcare organization what they'd like to do with that cost. What we found is that many really understood um, the operational inefficiencies that come with um, missed appointments or late appointments. And so many of these organizations actually already had significant transportation budgets that were just being spent really inefficiently. Mm. Uh, so they were spreading these funds um, using you know, bus passes, taxi vouchers, um, or really expensive uh, you know, transportation options that were not very reliable. Um, and they also realized too that many of the traditional options require 72 hours notice uh, for a ride when most cancellations happen day of because someone's ride fell through. So they really needed um, a more last minute, you know, on-demand option to get people in. Uh, and so uh, they're utilizing their budgets, um, but uh, there are a lot of efforts ongoing to, to see where else that cost can go, but it doesn't typically go back to the patient, but it is up to that health organization. Okay, great. So as you said, most of them are doing some sort of vouchering for uh, patients that can't uh, afford to come on their own and may not have a car or may not have access to transportation in any way to get to the health facility. Right. So, so your, your official title, Lauren, is head of strategy for Uber Health. Right. I imagine it's a whole business unit just in terms of educating health systems and provider groups that you're out there, that you do this service and then training them on how to use it. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about what that head of strategy means yeah. and how the rest of the organization is set up. Sure. So we have a, a fully dedicated team to this initiative, and that's something we felt um, was very important in being able to adequately service the healthcare industry. I think um, for us, it was important that our team um, not only be HIPAA trained, which everyone absolutely is, uh, but also be educated on the nuances of the industry and really uh, understand the needs of the population. So um, our team is fully dedicated. We have a, a group of engineers who work very hard to make sure the product is exactly what our healthcare partners uh, hope it will be. We have client success managers who work every day very, very closely with uh, our clients to make sure that they understand how to utilize the product and that they're getting the most out of it, uh, as well as a sales and partnership uh, and accounts team. Uh, so. And then a number of cross-functional uh, teams that we, we utilize throughout the organization as well. My role specifically is, is really working to unlock new opportunities within the space, ultimately with the goal of, of just removing transportation as a barrier to care. Um, I think you know, Uber Health, from the perspective of the patient, is a comfortable, reliable ride that, that takes the anxiety out of the equation. Um, it increases their independence and their their overall uh, patient satisfaction, and so I'm looking for you know new ways to help scale that uh, that feeling for them. Mm -hmm. And and um, in terms of your penetration in the market, um, where where are you today, and where is it that you'd like to be? Let's say one, three, five years out from yeah. now. So we, we aren't uh, sharing specific numbers at this stage. So I, I hope you understand oh, that. Oh, of course. Um, 
But we did, uh, so, so at Uber, we're really big on testing and learning. Um, so one thing that's worth noting is that like we're coming into this space, we you know, really, really did our best to educate ourselves, but really we've learned a lot from the customers that we work with. And so in July of 2017, we launched what we call a beta program, uh, where we worked very closely with uh, 100 healthcare organizations to learn from them you know, what are the, the features that you want within the product or how can we optimize this? How can we make that better for you? So when we launched in March uh, of 2018, uh, we had those, those 100 customers at the get-go, but since then, uh, we have seen quite a bit of scale and I, I only see it growing from here. That's excellent. I love, I love the acting and learning. It's a key competency for health ecosystem oh, leaders. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a wonder. That's why you were so successful. Uh, excellent. Thank you so very much. Yeah. And um, so you're really in the beginning stages. You'll have uh, within a few months, a whole year of opportunity under your belt, mm -hmm. right? Nineteen is just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Um, so my question for you is, you know, what do you envision um, the future of Uber Health will be? Yeah, so I think that um, we have seen quite a bit of success so far, at least, you know, from the healthcare organization's perspective. What we've heard are things like, you know, they're seeing reduced cost burden because they are reducing no-shows or late appointments. Um, they're finding the rides to be more affordable, they're appreciative of the, the tech enablement and how easily it fits into their existing workflows. Um, they appreciate that it's, you know, this HIPAA compliant infrastructure adds an extra layer of trust. Um, and, and our hope is only to, um, to scale those things further, but to, to keep learning from them, right? Like we want to hear, you know, how is this fitting into your workflow? Are there ways we can further integrate? Uh, we built an API very specifically because um, we wanted to really work with these organizations at scale. Um, I think there are a lot of healthcare organizations that um, are more than happy to use the dashboard and input the details of uh, their patients and, and request the ride that way. But um, with an API, we're able to automate that even further. Uh, so I'd love to see um, more of that in 2019. And I think uh, people can expect to see that from us. Um, Really, I think uh, there's there's a lot that we can do there, um, and really, you know, this this notion of um, you know removing the barrier to care. Uh, I get excited about talking with other technology companies to see how we can combine efforts to to take that goal even one step further. Oh, I love I'd love to hear if you could if you're in, at liberty to share. If there's anything that you'd like to share with us on the podcast in terms of other collaborations you're involved in. Still a little bit early on that front, um, but I think you know the we get we're very interested in um, you know the point of schedule when someone is you know making an appointment. Um, if they get asked at that moment, do you have a way to come in today? You know, do, or tomorrow? Do you have transportation? And if the answer is no, you know, wouldn't it be great if they could get that ride uh, automatically scheduled through Uber Health? So things like that. Um, but I think the possibilities are, are endless. Um, we get pretty excited about new ways to utilize both the technology and the driver network. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I really uh, appreciate everything that you're sharing with us today. And, and I am also acknowledging that uh, you're sharing what you can, but also <laughs> a lot of it is 
a lot of it is around the technology that has made Uber so successful, in addition to the way in which you have uh, brought in really good talent um, into the organization, especially recently, and mm -hmm. how you're branching out into other industries where you can be of service. So um, thank you for that. And as, as you know, we, we're dedicated exclusively to healthcare, and our mm -hmm. laser beam focus is on developing talent, or what we call leaders to execute strategy. Our focus, as, as we see it over the course of the last year and moving forward indefinitely, is around collaboration strategies and partnerships. Now, technology is a, is a wonderful um, mechanism to assist in collaborations and partnerships, but it does start with the people. And you mm -hmm. clearly demonstrate that ability to think outside the box. As you told your story from Uber to Uber Health, it was great. You, you, know, you, you saw an opportunity and you just went full steam ahead, which is, is fantastic. We need more leaders like you. Um, so what I want to ask you is, that, is from your vantage point, from the way in which you lead, uh, yourself and lead your teams, what do you envision as the ideal future state of the healthcare industry? Yeah, so I guess in, in my mind, the ideal future state of healthcare is, is one where your zip code does not define the state of your health. Um, you know, we've come so far as a, a society with technology removing access barriers that I think it should be applied even more to the healthcare space. Um, you know, as an example, I can I can get noodles delivered to me in, in 20 minutes, so I, I don't see a reason why there should be healthy food deserts. Um, I think tech companies really can play a, a huge role um, in both improving access to care or even eliminating social isolation with things like um, telehealth or home care, food and device delivery, uh, and as you know, uh, on-demand and scheduled rides. Um, I'd love to see even more of that happening. That's excellent. And clearly, Uber is taking steps to make that vision that you just articulated uh, a reality. And you've shared with us what the future holds for Uber, which looks like it's open-ended at this point. I, I do have a question, to just um, yeah. tactically speaking. So you're dealing with um, patient populations, some of which aren't as mobile as our as as we are today. Mm -hmm. um, are are there particular types of vehicles that you look that you're looking to add to your uh, your network of Uber cars and Uber drivers to accommodate for those folks with disabilities? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, through the Uber Health dashboard and API, healthcare organizations have the ability to request any of the vehicle types that Uber has available in that specific market, except for shared rides at this point. So no Uber pooling of patients uh, just yet. Um, but what that means is um, Uber Wave, that's a, a product that we do have, and we actually just scaled even further recently, uh, which is our wheelchair accessible vehicle product. So um, we are very, very committed to uh, building out that offering because we know there's a, a significant need for that in the market. Um, we also have something called uh, Uber Assist, which is um, more of a door-to-door -door offering as opposed to UberX, which is traditionally curb-to-curb. Um, and that's something that we do offer in a number of markets as well. Um, what we do encourage, though, uh, from our healthcare organizations is that um, that they think of Uber Health as, um, you know, something for people who are both ambulatory, so they can, you know, get themselves in and out of the car, and for someone who's lucid, right? Someone who knows, okay, I'm going to the doctor, or here, you know, here's what's happening. Uh, so that they do have um, the ability to to handle that situation on their own without uh, the help of someone else. And and if that isn't the case, 
uh, we obviously also would recommend that they send a caregiver along with that person in the ride, which is an option I know a number of our organizations have, have gone for. Excellent, excellent. And uh, this really does uh, come down to uh, training, uh, you know, training a workforce to think differently um, within the healthcare organization. And I, I, you know, I imagine that that's a big part of your mission as well as not, not only the platform and the process, but also the training of the individuals that are now your customers, health systems. Yes. So we work very, very closely with the healthcare organizations to uh, make sure they and their staff are onboarded uh, successfully, but also that they're they're giving us that feedback along the way. So um, we'll take something that we learn from one health system, realize like, wow, this could be applied to at least you know seventy percent of our our other customers. So how do we playbook this? How do we learn from from that one organization and make sure it scales to the others? Because um, that's something that's been important to Uber from the very beginning of of launching new markets. Um, really, how do we playbook, replicate, and and take uh, things make them scale well and efficiently. Mm. And the, the story that you're telling today and the whole story about Uber Health is really about delivering value through partnerships. You provide a service, but you need to partner with the end user, um, even the, 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 the in-between user as well in order to make it a successful business. So I'd like to, if you can share, and yeah. you have to talk um, without giving specific names, but we'd love to hear about an example of a successful yeah. collaborative partnership between Uber Health and another organization. Sure. Um, I actually, I think that I'd like to go back to that beta program because that really was like the most essential thing for us to, to launch a successful product. Um, you know, we did significant research um, at the get-go. We, we tried to understand what the pain points were, uh, with existing non-emergency medical transportation options, we tried to understand what what wasn't working. Um, you know, we saw that the population was fast was aging faster than ever. We knew chronic disease was on the rise, and we we were able to like see all of those stats. Um, but it wasn't until we started um, working very closely with our beta partners to really really understand um, how they could be using this product day in and day out, and what their needs were. Um, so. When we decided to launch that beta program, um, we very purposely targeted organizations of all different shapes and sizes. Um, so we had a mix of uh, hospital systems, clinics, uh, dialysis centers, uh, physical therapy uh, clinics, like a total wide array. And then we also made sure that they were um, in different places throughout the country. We didn't want all of our beta programs to be in like urban centers of their cities. We wanted to understand what the experience was like in the suburbs or in more rural areas. Um, and then uh, obviously we needed to make sure they were okay with, with giving us feedback and, and um, being a really integral part of that process. So uh, we had organizations like MedStar, uh, Renown Health, or the NYU Perlmutter Cancer Center, um, tons of... Uh, very willing and innovative partners who um, wanted to see this product be successful and were willing to let us pick their brains uh, because we acknowledged they were the experts and, and we were just there to learn from them. Fantastic. So you, you reached out to folks that you knew would um, want to be involved in an innovative uh, design to 
uh, solving yeah. the issue around patient access, which is great. And, and you did it across different geographies, which is fantastic. I, I would imagine that you, you ran up against a few challenges here and there as you began your beta testing. How, how did you overcome those challenges? Yeah, I mean, well, I think at first there were some organizations that straight up just said, no, thank you from the start, right? There were, there were folks who said, let us know when you, when it's, it's ready to go or when you launch and, and you don't need as much feedback. And we were understanding of that, right? Not everybody has time to be, um, you know, thoughtful and patient with uh, an organization who's testing and learning. So I think um, appreciating the honesty and folks that didn't want to, to take part um, was a smart first step. Um, but really, I think, um, you know, there were challenges with the product. There were things that we uh, didn't know we would need. I think um, one example I, I like to give is that um, we had some senior living facilities on the platform who realized that um, they would have patients who, or sorry, or residents rather, who would get the information of their driver at the front desk. Um, you know, your driver's name is John, it's, you know, a silver Camry and here's his license plate. He'll be outside in, in five minutes. And by the time they got outside, they couldn't remember, was it a black car? Was it a silver car? Was it red? And so the, the time it took them to get outside became an issue. And so we took that feedback and we're like, God, what are we, how could we possibly deal with this if they don't have a smartphone or they don't, they're not comfortable with SMS texting. And so we created a, uh, a PDF, you know, one pager that our healthcare organizations now have access to where they print it out. One side is, you know, five things to know with riding Uber Health. And the other side, um, it has like, the color of the car can be circled by the person at the front desk. They can fill in the name of the driver and the license plate so that that uh, individual has those details when they walk outside. And if you told me, honestly, a year ago that Uber would ever have some paper component, I never would have believed you. But it was us learning to meet people where they are and to create a product that actually suited their needs. Um, and at first, you know, it felt like a, a huge challenge, but we we listened to the feedback and, and we came up with a solution that really worked well in the space. I think it's fantastic. And I would imagine that once uh, a patient is exposed to Uber Health, uh, it, it, it takes away the unknown of what is this Uber for people that aren't comfortable with rideshare programs and potentially mm -hmm. can become customers for Uber as opposed to Uber Health. It could happen, yes. Excellent. Um, yeah, and, and because of HIPAA compliance, if, if someone takes a ride using Uber Health, um, that ride will never be associated with their individual Uber account. Um, so we keep that totally separate. Um, and yeah, you know, perhaps they do become Uber riders, but we're, we're happy to, to have them on the platform regardless. Great. And any challenges in terms of health systems that just don't, uh, aren't interested because of reasons that are not logical. So for example, we don't trust the system or patients won't want to utilize the system or it, uh, it could be a, a host of things. And how do you then go about overcoming those types of challenges? Sure. Um, I mean, I think that um, with any new technology, there's always going to be a little bit of skepticism um, and not necessarily in every organization, but in some organizations. Um, I think you know, people, even when, when Uber came into existence, um, people were like, oh, what's that? You know, like, you know, just, just a, a newness of something that makes it a little bit harder to accept. Um, but once people try it and once they get used to it, it then becomes this very, 
you know, sticky product that they almost, you know, just don't want to live without. And so um, what we found with healthcare organizations is that typically one champion is, is all we need to help uh, educate uh, stakeholders internally. Um, if one person uh, believes in it and realizes the value that it can bring both um, to the organization's bottom line, but really more, most importantly to patient outcomes, um, they seem to, to jump on board pretty quickly. Um, so it's it sometimes takes a little bit of time, but uh, we've seen success. That's excellent. And and you said at the very beginning of the conversation that obviously Uber is a very data driven organization, and you make decisions based upon ROI. Are are you collecting that data now uh, to be able to tell a story, hopefully, uh, with enough N about um, the the impact that Uber Health is having on patient access and outcomes? Yeah, so we are working with um, some healthcare organization partners to to be able to share uh, some results. Obviously, um, from the Uber perspective, um, we're not a healthcare organization. We are not uh, aiming to be. We're hoping, you know, we're a partner and we're enabling healthcare organizations to be able to provide that care. So in order to know those health outcomes and to understand what effect it has, we have to to learn that uh, from our our customers. So um, we are working to to understand that data and really the efficacy of Uber Health, but uh, nothing we can share just yet. But early early anecdotes are are looking good. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, I am sure that a lot of our listeners are going to want to know how they can learn more since we have such a large group of provider organizations that are subscribers. So how can they learn more uh, to find out how they can partner with Uber Health for their organizations? Yeah, so just by visiting uberhealth.com. There's quite a bit of information on that website, but we've also built uh, a self-service onboarding flow so organizations can actually sign up and start using the platform within a matter of, I think it's 48 hours. Uh, Otherwise, they can contact our team uh, to talk about building a partnership as well through that website. Excellent, excellent. And one last question for yeah. you, Lauren, because I'm really impressed with you, and I think that this is just the start of of, of, of one pioneering idea taking off into another. So let's talk about you, your passion for healthcare, your passion for doing good. What do you want your legacy to be as a leader within this industry? Yeah, that's a it's a big question. Uh, it's a good one. I think um, I would love it if I could be someone who really um, helps bring technology further into the space, um, especially on the transportation side. It really, you know, when it comes to social determinants of health, I, I genuinely believe that transportation is one of the lowest hanging fruit. Um, it should should not be a problem, and I I really believe that uh, Uber can can do something about it. So um, if, if I have any success, uh, my hope is that it's that. I love that, Lauren. That's excellent. Uh, I thank you so very much for your time. I'm, I was so excited myself to learn about Uber Health. I'm really excited to bring this to our listeners, and I'm, I'm hoping that we continue to see more and more opportunity for Uber Health all across the country and beyond. Thank you so much, Tracy. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great afternoon. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. For those of you interested in learning more about leadership, please visit us at TLD Group's website. Join us for more interviews with health ecosystem leaders during our podcast series. And of course, stay tuned for the release of our book entitled From Competition to Collaboration, How Leaders Cultivate Cross-Sector Partnerships to Deliver Value and Transform Health. Thank you for joining us.